Hello, my friends. This is Andy coming to you live from Ventura County. Uh, Hedia will be here in a minute. She's busy getting some things straightened out. Um, as um, we were going live, uh, we had to run out and go get some dinner and uh, come back and uh, take care of a couple things before we got started. Uh, but what we're going to be talking about um, today, and I know it's been a while since we've had an Andy Falco show, um, it's, it's mostly because of the frustration uh, that I'm having right now with what's going on with law enforcement. And what do I mean by that is that there's so much going on and so much to try to wrap my head around that the, the subject matter is, um, is huge. Um, it has to do with the media, of course, it has to do with politicians. It has to do with um, a, a demographic of our country, uh, namely Democrats uh, who uh, wish chaos upon our, our country so that they can push through some of their horrific agenda and how how to address that and talk about it um it, it's just so so huge so many different things are happening it's it's a it was just simply uh, um, impossible um it every um action taken by law enforcement was looking at uh, some type of racist action um, involving armed suspects, suspects that were resisting. Um, you have accidents that were being made by cops that are obviously uh, mistakes are made all the time. <clears throat> but um, uh, an accident where obviously somebody dies, it's going to be a little bit more brought out into the into the media and uh, obviously be um, uh, viewed at as a racist act, even though it was simply an accident. And so all these things were happening. Uh, and uh, it's, um, it's difficult to not talk about it as a, a police officer of 21 years and I police department, uh, somebody who's still involved in law enforcement, I still look at on a regular basis, uh, criminal cases uh, that uh, involve law enforcement, whether it's uh, federal uh, border patrol, uh, city, um, uh, uh, you know, state uh, law enforcement agencies. And so I'm still very active in a lot of things that are going on. And if anywhere, anybody were to see racism in law enforcement, it, I would be one of those people that would see it. Because not only was I a police officer for 21 years, not only did I go through two police academies, but I continually look at cases, not only in the United States, but in Canada also. And I can tell you in the hundreds of cases that I've been asked to look at, I, none of them have, have involved any level of racism whatsoever. In uh, none of the academies that I went to, did it say anything, um, uh, you know, in regard to our teachings that had to do with uh, dealing with race. Other than um, if we were um, being told something about, say, for instance, um, uh, a, a domestic violence. We would be uh, taught about certain types of uh, things that we need to keep in mind when entering a home of a, a Hispanic family that, uh, you know, the, the father is believed to be the ultimate, um, you know, king of his castle in a Hispanic family. Not that it is in other ones, but um, it, that there's a chance that if you address the, the woman in the house first, that that would cause uh, your um, 
your call to be more difficult because now you'd be look at, looked at as an adversary in a domestic violence call or some type of domestic issue as opposed to somebody that's try to, there to try to help. Uh, barring, you know, any kind of criminal action, say um, some type of, um, you know, violence towards one person or the other, that we would be told about the different ethnic issues when going from a house in, in regard to the Middle East or an Asian family. That's the only time race ever get, got brought up. Now, we would also be talked about that, hey, you're going to run into people that are going to accuse you of being racist um, and how to um, understand how that happens, that kind of stuff. But never on the other side that, you know, we need to look at a certain demographic as uh, more criminal than the other. Never, never was that the case in either one of the academies that I went through. Uh, one academy I went through was was ran mostly by LAPD uh, officers. The second academy I went to was mostly run by Orange County Sheriff uh, deputies. And it didn't matter. It was all uh, about, uh, you know, how to handle a call, how to handle your weapon, how to uh, deal with uh, traffic accidents, car stops, pedestrian stops, uh, and so forth. And then, of course, the physical aspects of it too, also. As we became, uh, as I went out on the street, I had FTOs. FTOs are field training officers um, dealing with um, uh, the public. Again, um, we would be accused of being racist, but never uh, was it ever uh, we were ever taught to be racist or that we handled black people differently than Hispanic people or white people or Asian people. Um, and so the, as as um, as a pub, as a as a person who still investigates law enforcement, um, I've never brought that into any of those cases either. If I were to see it, because I, I'm often asked by um, attorneys to look at a case from a defense side of things, I am often looking at the uh, at, at the police department or police officer involved in the case as the so-called adversary in the case that I'm involved in. And so my job is to look to see if there's any wrongdoing. And again, in the hundreds of cases I looked at, I have not seen any uh, racism involved in what happened in the case. If if the officers did something wrong, it wasn't because of racism, it's because they wanted to catch the bad guy and they got a little bit too um, eager to catch the bad guy and did things they weren't supposed to do. In other words, search a vehicle without probable cause, not because they're racist, not because of the color of the skin of the person that was involved in the case, but because they just really wanted to catch the bad guy. <laughs> right. Or they wanted to seize the narcotics or seize the money behind the narcotics. So in, in investigating those cases, um, it, surely I would see it and I would look at it and never in any of those cases that I see any racism. Why do I tell you all that is because everything that cops are doing right now um, is looked at as racist. They, um, uh, we currently uh, are not enforcing certain laws in certain uh, cities and democratic-run cities. Uh, they they believe that certain laws like petty theft or um, malicious mischief, and even I guess in some cases violent crimes, is that if we enforce those laws, that somehow that's racist. That we're not supposed to arrest people that commit crimes any longer because it's looked at as a racist a racist issue. Um, and, and, and regardless of a, a young woman is getting ready to stab another woman that if the officer gets involved, that he's racist because he, for whatever reason, it shouldn't stop somebody from stabbing somebody else. And so we begin to look at these, these incidents. We, and we have to wonder why, um, the media and the politicians are, are doing this. And the only reason that in the history of the world that, um, uh, this type of, um, thing has been looked at and, and, and as far as the racial part of it and, 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 and causing 
racial discord between one uh, race and another is to cause chaos. And so this is what we're seeing right now is that we have a, uh, a Democratic Party, a Democrat Party, who is doing their best to cause chaos. And so um, as I was um, talking to Hedia about doing the show, uh, her latest article has to do with um, where is the church and all this chaos? Where where are the um, the pastors and where are they uh, speaking out? Are the why are the churches not speaking out? Because when we look at the church that we like to go to, which is Calvary Chapel Chino Hills with Pastor Jack, is that he's not afraid to speak out on uh, on political issues. But a lot of churches are. And so this is kind of one of the things that I think that the message that she wanted to get across in this article, which we'll ask her about in one second, is about what um, what she thinks in, in what she's brought up in the article is how is it that a church um, should be involved in what's going on in our in our country. So here's Hedia. Hi. And I'm going to take folks. off my, my, my frame off here. I heard you making a lot of noise down there. Sorry. Here you're busy. You should see all the boxes. It is. <laughs> if, if you didn't watch our devotion, we talked about that. We're in the middle of a move. Um, uh, and um, so that's why there's nothing on the shelf behind us. But there's a lot of other stuff going on around us. And so that hence the little delay here. So coming back to our, I was kind of laying a little bit of a background that we're just simply in chaos. A lot of it has to do around law enforcement. Uh, a lot of it. Uh, a lot of it has to do with COVID. A lot of it has to do with the lies that the, uh, that the, the media is uh, bringing up in a lot of different issues. But um, in law enforcement, in your article, you bring up some incidents that have recently occurred where law enforcement were for, forced to use deadly force. Uh, um, one of them is an accident of using deadly force. How, how does that, how do, how do those things happening in our world um, uh, involve the church? Why, wh where, where does the church come in in all this? Is it coming in? Is it come in? Well, so what my point in using those was that um, the standard. So in my, in my experience, uh, I was training and consulting for police departments across the country. So mm -hmm. either in, as a contractor for the U S government or uh, the FBI directly when I was at headquarters, um, I'd work with the FBI for years and we were developing terrorism prevention programs, and they often involve community members and building these multidisciplinary teams to de-escalate. Very famous expression, <laughs> how do we de-escalate? And the, the line always was, and this was very important to the police and to the FBI, that once there was a threat of violence, the person was considered a threat to society, community actors were removed from the equation. They were like, that's kinetic, that is the responsibility of law enforcement. It was a very bright line. I have all these beautiful graphs that we drew mm -hmm. about how that was the department, that was the lane of the police. And now you, the officers involved in an armed suspect in both scenarios. So one was when um, uh, this gentleman was trying to outrun the police mm -hmm. and he threw his weapon, but the other one was the knife wielding teenager and in both of them, they're like, well, you should have de-escalated because the girl grew up in a foster home. Yeah. And I was like, de-escalate? She was about to stab the other victim. Like the officer has seconds to make a decision, but now they're being told they need to de-escalate. And what I said, why I brought the church in is because Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, uh, the Muslim Congresswoman was like, all police are racist. It's time to dismantle all police and um, get rid of this oppressive system. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like, 
where are the rational people in America that are like, what are you talking about dismantling the police? So even if you don't have an opinion on, or you're confused about systematic racism and injustice, what about the issue of an armed suspect and just the concepts of law and order? Mm -hmm. And so my, I, my comment was that the church is just absent from the dialogue. We have conservative pundits on one side doing a great job trying to articulate the issues. We've got the left going crazy about, you know, dismantle the system, its oppression, their Marxist uh, slogans. But like the church is quiet. Right. Like the church is not commenting. I mean, our society is falling apart at the seams. Our law and order is being removed. Our values. So they come for the babies. We say nothing. They come for our kids and teach critical race theory. We say nothing. They remove law and order. We say nothing. Like, at what point is the church going to stand up and be like, okay, wait a minute. You got you to gotta stop what you're doing. And it's like, what, once you remove your tax-exempt status and you can't hold on to your building because of the tax liability, is the church suddenly going to get into this discussion? But the church is just noticeably absent from the national dialogue. If we go back to our history, the United States history, and we were talking about the black robe regiment, yeah. that the church was very involved in politics at the time. Absolutely. How did, do you have any ideas on how that changed? Did we just simply think, I, I don't know, how, how, did, how, did, how does all this change? How do we suddenly go silent? I think it's the gradual secularization of American culture. Mm. I think that um, I know from my experience, 20 plus years at the State Department, it's an extremely secular organization, our U.S. State Department, which deals overseas. So they just don't understand religion. I had President Obama tell me and five other people in a private meeting, he doesn't get religion. So I think it's this gradual secularization of our, of our country that we've removed, we've taken the establishment clause, which means that the government should not establish religion to mean the church can't be involved, period. Mm -hmm. And that's just wrong. And so we have no voice in the public space. We're not um, advocating for biblical concepts. We're not even protecting the biblical values that we have. And we've just, we're ceding the ground to the crazies. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? uh, real quick, I just want to say hi to Priscilla for being on. Hey, hi, Priscilla, Priscilla, nice to see you. Hope you had time to read the article. Um, it, it, yeah. <laughs> just my words. Hey, Loretta, nice to see you. Amy. Hi, uh, Hello again. It is sad. Yeah. <clears throat> and people uh, worshipped him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If they only really knew, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so it's so not only was a black robe regiment. So I, I also so whenever I advocate for something that I believe is biblical, I refer back to the biblical concepts. And I said all the way from the beginning, from Moses on down towards the disciples. And then when they were apostles, spoke truth to power hmm. and they stood up, you know, Moses stood up to Pharaoh. Um, Elijah stood up to uh, King Ahab, I mean, they've constantly been speaking up when righteousness, when um, lewdness and debauchery and sin took over a society. It was mm -hmm. the prophets and the anointed of God that came forward and said, this has got to stop. So where are those people now? Where mm -hmm. are the righteous people other than Pastor Jack yeah. that are saying this is unacceptable? Well, one, one of the things that I like that, that Pastor Jack does is he will pay, play something like a Prager University that right. goes into some detail about the truth about certain things. Uh, I was just listening to a, a, a podcast the other day and some of these things got brought up and, um, and unfortunately I didn't have time to kind of sort them out. But if you were to ask uh, conservatives about how many uh, uh, unarmed black men are 
are shot. Now, again, I need to, the reason I went through all that layout about my history is because I want you to understand that I'm, I'm talking from a little bit of a place of authority. Of course. I've, been, I've been doing this for a while and I'm looking at cases all the time. I have experience of being in two different police academies. I'm telling you that there's no systemic racism in law enforcement. I, I would tell you if there was, I honestly would tell you. And I'm looking at all kinds of cases. So if you ask conservatives, how many unarmed black men are killed? So they would say somewhere between about 10 and a hundred a, a, a year. The truth is, uh, one of the last times like they eight. checked, it's like it's like ten. ten. It's ten. Um, the truth is ten. Um, and so, if you if you were to poll uh, conservatives, they would get pretty close to the correct answer. Some fringe people would might say a hundred, just because they too may bounce around between CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, right? And so they may get the idea that there's a lot more than there is. Ten. That is not to say that those ten weren't violent like trying to grab a weapon right. or using a vehicle uh, sometimes. And there's a number of they're attacking and punching the cop and he has no choice. One, one officer, uh, the, his orbital bone in his face was broken before he had a chance to get a, a shot off because what can end up happening if you get disabled as a police officer uh, through being punched in the face, your weapon becomes his weapon. Mm -hmm. And so you sometimes have to use your weapon in order to save your life. But they asked, they asked uh, um, uh, liberals, uh, 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 Democrats, what they thought, and it was anywhere between uh, a thousand to ten thousand uh, annually killed by law enforcement. That's what their belief is. That's so what they've nuts. been taught. It's crazy. So going back to Jack, like Jack, Rashida Talib's comment, right. that our system is broken and it's oppressive, and we have to dismantle it. But how do you, how do you, how do you, as a, as a, as an adult, not as go well? Adult. Ten thousand seems like a lot of people. I'm going to Google <laughs> this and find out and find out it's only ten. I mean, only is, I mean, I don't mean to say it in a bad way. 10 is bad, right? But why were they resisting? Why were they attacking law enforcement? Those things need to be looked at also. But let's just go with the numbers, 10. And, and, and if you're going off the basis that there's 10,000 unarmed black men killed a, a annually, that is, that, that's, that's where, that's where that's we hear a, somebody like, uh, what's the guy that plays basketball? I forget his name. But that's where he says a, a black man is killed every day. Some guys, I've heard them say three unarmed black men are killed a day. This is where they're getting this information. So back to Pastor Jack, what he does in the church, and this is what every church, and they go, listen, we're going to educate you on what the truth is. And that's a great place to, to start is in the church. That would be one, one solution. Absolutely. Sorry, I didn't, didn't mean to jump on what you were saying. No, that's absolutely true. Is and but I mean they have to be involved in the national dialogue where they're going on TV shows or they're writing and mm -hmm. saying you know what this isn't um, a biblical standard we need to maintain the values this country's founded on we have conservatives that are Christians that are doing it but why isn't there and I, another thing I asked for was um, a national prayer for repentance is basically throughout the Bible, the Lord teaches, if my people turn to me, I will protect them, I will defend them, I will forgive them and bless their land. Mm. But where's our national cause of repentance and prayer? We have a national prayer day and God wasn't even mentioned <laughs> with, the, with the president, you know? So we have to be a little bit the more- The current president. The current president. When you say president, I think of President Trump. <laughs> <laughs> He's still your president. I, I still can't wrap my. I, I call him. I've, I've called him everything but the president. <laughs> Sleepy Joe. Oh, you name it. Dementia Joe. Sleepy yeah. Joe. Dimwit Joe. So, I know it's not very nice, but he, 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 what did he say the other day? Dot dot gum. What was it? It was had to do like uh, pandemic dot gum or something like that. Like you can't even get that right. Um, so anyway, uh, the other thing that just just really quick, this is not on the, the topic of law enforcement, but um, when it comes to COVID, 
um, the same thing kind of happens where you ask conservatives, you know, how likely are you to be hospitalized if you um, if you get infected with COVID? The answer is like one percent, one percent, right? And so, and most of us know that, right? In our family, one percent of us went into the hospital. Yes. Me, yeah, <laughs> out of all of us that got it. Right. And we have a lot of people. So we're almost like a test case. Right. And so, but we know like, like you guys are crazy walking around with masks on your face outside. And uh, even you know, the kids being masked. It's the silliness because we know that kids are very unlikely to get it, get, they can get infected, but they don't end up in the hospital and they don't get hardly uh, any illness whatsoever. So we know that Democrats are asked and they're polled. And there was a, a large percent of, a, of them that believed that 45% of the people that catch COVID end up in the hospital. Oh my God. And that, so now I go, I didn't, I did, I never even thought about that. Oh, I just so thought they're scary. just crazy. They just like, no wonder masks. they jump across the street when they don't see you wearing a mask, you <laughs> know? know, like, Oh, so they, you know, so they take these polls, but I mean, you had a 50, 50 chance of ending yeah. up in the hospital. I'd probably jump to the other side of the street too. I mean, <laughs> it, how do they walk around like that? Yeah, but there's a lot of, um, uh, let's see, uh, 41 of Democrats, 41% of Democrats say over half. So 41% yeah, of Democrats 50, 50 say that over half of the, the people who get COVID have to be hospitalized. Over wow. half. Wow. That's, that's, that's what leads to their intent. So uh, there's, there's a little bit of me that kind of feels like a little sad for them. Yeah. A little bit. It's kind of like when I was dealing as a sex crimes detective, I would, there was when I, once I would talk to the, the suspects involved in uh, a child molest that they would tell me their story. And I would go, no wonder they think it's okay to molest children because some of the stories were just horrific. You know, how they were treated and how they were raised, that they were molested their entire life. And so when they become adults, they began to molest children. And there's a little bit, not very much, but there's a little bit like, oh, I kind of feel sorry and feel bad. Yeah. And so I've been calling these, these morons. <laughs> Like, why are you wearing a mask? But if they believe that there's a 50% chance you end up in the hospital because you catch COVID, no wonder they're acting like dimwits. Right? No wonder they're like running around with masks and they're swimming with masks on and driving their cars with masks on. Exactly. Because you but, have 50-50 chance of ending up in the hospital. That's but, scary. That, but that's what they're being told. I mean, if you only watch CNN or MSNBC, that you got to... Exactly. I, and that's why Danielle says, so who's doing the misinformation, right? Yeah. So yeah, we had the, uh, the what is it, committee hearing or whatever to decide whether Trump gets to go back on Facebook and they yeah. decide, no, we need to protect the American people against misinformation. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the Twilight Zone. And I just found out Dan Bongino does a great job today of, of breaking down some of these. Yesterday and today, he's been talking about um, that 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 group of people that were, you know, they called it Facebook uh, Facebook Supreme Court. Oh, right, with the guy from like Indonesia and Singapore. Yeah, and the, yeah. Well, uh, I, I think it was. I forget what it was, but it, the Socialist Party of Sweden. It was over fifty percent of them are paid for by George Soros. Yeah, they are paid for by George Soros. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Who hates kangaroo court? Yes, um, but yeah, I mean this this is what this is what they're getting for information. So a, a silent church is doing nobody any good, even though the Democrats not, not are not believers are unbelievers. It's not doing anybody any good. But it would help get the message out. Like if you sure. if, you know if if you're going to church getting the correct information, you have uh, you know exactly. somebody living in your home that's a Democrat, you'd be able exactly. to say, hey, well, the information you're getting is is so far off base. Exactly. I mean, that is way, I mean, both those things I just told you are so far off base. And those are the two biggest things that are causing us problems right now. Right? The, the, the pandemic, people believe it's going to fit. If you have a 50, 50 chance to end up in the hospital and possibly dying. An officer involved. But in fact, it's 1% or less. 
or officer involved shootings involving unarmed black men. You know, it's only it's really just 10 and they think it's 10,000. And I wonder what that percentage is of the population. Ten people. You know microscopic, I mean? right? Point zero zero something, you know, and, yeah. and, the, and then in the number of calls, I mean, um, I, I've used, I, you know, I, I would handle 35 to 45 calls a night as a police officer, just me by myself for 21 years of doing that. On just some think, busy nights, it was 50 think, calls a night. Just think of that 35, let's say the average was 35 mm. per officer, per police department across the entire country. Of tens, tens of thousands of police officers. Of tens of thousands of police and officers. And I was in Anaheim. And Imagine only, LAPD, New York. Yeah. But <laughs> yes. among the entire ten. country. And only 10. Violent people. suspects. Not by, I mean, maybe the, the one uh, girl that got shot. I mean, she was in bed with a drug dealer and knocked on the door and he had Three a gun and he shot first. And she ended up getting shot in the crossfire. So she's really the one that, you know, was, if, that she's the most famous one. She wasn't acting violent, but she was in a... She, her boyfriend that she was with shot at the cops first. Right. They were returning fire. So other than her, the other ones that I know of were all violent suspects or somebody doing something, uh, resisting arrest. You know, it wasn't, and again, the belief is that the cops are just driving down the road. Oh, there's a black guy. We'll shoot and kill him. That's the other narrative that you get from people. Right. That, that's their belief. That's what they've been told on a regular basis. So back to the church. The churches just need to stop. Uh, not uh, they need to stop being silent. Is the, what I was looking for. Absolutely. Uh, and we need to also stop being the silent majority, as we're often called. Absolutely. And I mean, get on our knees. We got to start praying. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, the way Pastor Jack explained the Black Robe Regiment, and if you research it, and they have a, actually the website blackroberegiment.org, uh, it was the pastors in the pulpit that gave the um, the soldiers and the founding fathers the their passion, their dedication, their lifting them up to believe what they were doing was the right thing to fight the tyranny mm -hmm. of the British. And they really depended on those pastors to reinforce them. So just imagine cops are going to their local churches looking for encouragement, looking for support, looking for validation, mm -hmm. and the churches are quiet. Yep. Well, I love what DeSantis did today. I don't know if you heard this, but he um, he had a, a a meeting, a press meeting. What is that called? Press, press conference. Press conference. Oh my gosh! <laughs> at a press conference today, I think it was today, uh, where he um, it, it it said he had a sign that said defund, but it had a round circle with a line on the D part. So fund police officers. And what he's what he's doing is he's giving bonuses to police officers that do a good job. Oh, nice. So he's 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 rewarding police officers for doing good work that's and making fantastic. good decisions as opposed to what everybody else wants to do. And that's demonize police officers and defund law enforcement and dismantle law enforcement and, and calling for that kind of thing. You know, DeSantis is he's killing it for the conservative party just living by example. Just so many people are leaving New York and California, moving to Florida and uh, Texas and all these other places, because why would you want to live that way? I was driving here again, and I have to drive through the heart of LA coming down the oh, 101 yeah. freeway and the homeless, uh, the homeless uh, just the bridges with the homeless on it and the, 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 the homeless that are on the sides of the freeway. And I'm, and I'm driving, I'm thinking, you know, in Orange County, we we're pretty blessed and here where you live, you're pretty blessed, right? We're and, and in the middle, we have LA right? and we can drive around and we see green trees. We were just driving somewhere just a minute ago, just uh, before we went on our devotional and I go, wow, this looks, it's so beautiful. 
and clean and there's no potholes in the road and it's a smooth West drive village. <laughs> and it's so and then we get then we get in orange county and you got a, kind of the same thing right yeah. you got no potholes you don't have any homeless um you got the occasional on the on the um on the sure. off ramps and uh, that kind of stuff but um just for the most part it's but it's, but then you got this mess this democratic mess of los angeles that and it's just an embarrassment you know you got hollywood there where you have people that come from all over the world to come to Hollywood to go down the uh, the road with the stars the the what is it called uh walk of fame walk of fame yeah and, and you got people coming from other countries and other and that's what they see that yes. that's that's what they get to see and that's that's dangerous. what the, their vision of the United States of America is right they land in LAX and they drive there to see crap in the streets you know or they go to San Francisco and see the same thing it's just really an embarrassment, and we you can you, can, you have to take that contrast between Orange County is a quasi a little Republican area in California, and you can just simply just see the difference there. You have a lot of conservatives here also yeah, in this area, and so you just that, there's the contrast right there. Just driving down the freeway, like Orange County, nice, fresh air, you don't smell any urine, don't smell any feces. Right, and then you drive through LA. What's that smell? And then you get here. Ah, oh, fresh air again. Like, what? What would? What would make you want to be a, a Democrat when you're driving from Republican, Democrat, Republican? That's crazy. It's just, it's, it's just like what a contrast. It is. They're moving out like crazy. We we lost a Senate seat because so many people are leaving California. And yet the prices are doubling. <laughs> the housing is so weird. I would put up this guy. I mean, I, I I appreciate your name. A good Democrat is a dead one, but it's just I feel bad putting it up because it really that probably isn't a message we really want to have. But they are. They're they're they are simply destroying our country. But I would not call them to be killed or dead. I'm I'm, I'm going to just say I'm going to stop short of that. They Thank just you. need to, they <laughs> they just need to understand what they're doing to this country. They're they're destroying it. And for what 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 is the do you have any ideas as to why they think this is, is it just simply they want a socialist country? They figure if they cause enough chaos that they'll allow the government to be the mommies. Oh, why do people accept that or why do the leaders? Because well, to me, there's a slightly different. Okay, let's talk about the difference. Well, I mean, to me, the leaders, are, it's in very much intentional. It's mm. part of a Marxist doctrine to try to destroy this country. And I, and, and, and the, I don't mean that hyperbolic. Mm. That I'm not trying to be dramatic. I've seen this phenomena in countries across the world, whether it's in Latin America or Muslim countries, it's a deconstruction of the existing society to supplant it with whatever evil ideology. In, in Muslim countries, it was radical Islam. And in our country, it's Marxism. A failed communist experience, a failed in every country in which it's operated, they now wanna to try to bring to America. See, it's one of the few Western countries that was never touched by communism except for like the McCarthy area to a small extent but for some reason they think they can bring that to this country and it would be successful and and I think mm. honestly there are just millions of Americans that are fed misinformation and that have good hearts in the things like for the homeless issue their heart goes out to homeless people they feel like we need to be taking care of them. That's why they give money to homeless projects, but they don't realize that this is not a this is not the way to take care of it. Mm -hmm. And they're not given any alternatives for better ways in which to handle this. And so the idea of Republican small government, uh, they think is cruel. <laughs> well, they're being taught that in schools and in colleges, universities. Yeah. Um, and so 
they're, they're, they're kind of like uh, what Apple did uh, to get kids to start using Macintosh computers and Apple computers is that they, they, they gave schools Apple computers, right? So the kids will start using them. Uh, and now we can see the benefit of that. They, they had the, the long plan, right? Yep. Right. That Steve do. Jobs was smart enough to go, you know what, if we put them in the schools now, about 10 years from now, they'll start buying more, more computers. Every more Apple country computers. in the world, that methodology works. Yeah. They just start they, with education and work your way up. And that's what they say about the Middle Eastern uh, terrorists is that they, you know, they don't need to, they don't need to do anything today. Long game. It may be 10, 15 years. Look, from we're self-destructing. They don't even need to put a terrorist <laughs> attack. It's like oh they're just God. watching us There's, self-destruct. You are so right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then they're, they're messing with our history. If they can make even our history be bad. Critical um, race theory. Yeah. It's on the cover of all the newspapers around town is that people are suddenly waking up to oh, oh wait what you're gonna teach white people are bad and now suddenly all the white people are a little bit concerned yeah. you know what i mean because you could be really woke but as soon as they start teaching your kid that basically your roots are bad and your existence is bad and you need to apologize for it everybody starts to like their ears kind of perk yeah. up like oh wait that doesn't sound very good yeah i've been doing a little bit of research uh just uh, one of the things that i i I did not know that, that I, I just found out is that um, out of all the slaves that were sold back in the, the even before the United States existed, um, were that were sold by by black warlords in Africa, by the way. Yes, selling their own people. Yes, <laughs> that, that came over to North America only something like, and I don't have the numbers exactly right, but it's a small number, like four percent. Only four percent came to what would be the United States. The rest went to South America. And the millions that they say, and so they like to say millions of slaves were, were were sold to the you know and became slaves in the United States. The United States is a is a racist country. Well, uh, again, four percent is too many, but the majority all went to South America. And when they were coming to what would be the United States, most of the people that owned them were the French, and the people from uh, Great Britain, See that? and some of the other countries that were uh, in on the soil before the United States became the United States. And so you really just need to look at it. And then from the time that we became the United States, abolition was always in progress. The, the desire to stop slavery was always continuously in process. It never stopped. Of course, there was, you know, eventually the Civil War, uh, which really made a, a, the biggest difference of them all. But it was always working towards abolition. Uh, they, they talk about uh, Thomas Jefferson. Jack was talking about Thomas yeah. Jefferson, that he ended up, was it Thomas Jefferson or George Washington? Maybe it was George Washington. Ended up giving when he passed away, his that he, he willed his estate to his, one Half of, of his the, estate to uh, uh, the slave, the slave that uh, that ran his uh, plantation. And so, uh, again, this is just uh, another way of uh, just creating chaos in our country by by creating a false narrative and teaching it to our children so that they can go on to universities and college and carry on that message to eventually destroy our country. The long game is what they're after. Um, you want to read this real quick? Yeah. Daniel saying yeah. that there's an area in Woodland Hills where LA County's planning is to plant a bunch of tiny homes to house homeless in the middle of a neighborhood. The homeowners are freaking out now. Yeah, yeah and Woodland Hills is the beginning of the drive over from <laughs> the downtown LA over into Ventura County. Yes, this giving people free stuff has never worked, right? It's just creating, and that's why welfare has been one of the worst enemies to black communities. Absolutely. Um, and, um, and then not giving them law enforcement. Is one of the big. Those two things are going are to simply destroy these black Lower communities and make it make it a, a bad problem even worse.
Absolutely. Uh, and when we were talking about the homeless problem, the same thing. It, it's the very same thing is that they're trying to solve it with money and giving them free stuff and giving them free drugs, that's free a, alcohol. Because that's a socialist system. Yeah. And it creates more problems. They, they went from, uh, you know, let's say 100,000. Let's just say, I'm not sure the exact numbers. I'm just going to use it, but because it's increased 300% since they started giving them free stuff. And so Ellie's going, I wonder why it's cr increasing by 300%. Well, that's when you started the programs of giving them free motels, which they don't like to live in, by the way, free alcohol, free narcotics, free paraphernalia to sh shoot their narcotics. And, and cash cards. And cash cards. <laughs> They're going, oh, we can't figure out why it's increasing 300%. And you ask the homeless people, the average of them is like, I like living off the grid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bizarre. So bizarre. All right. Um, so did you come to a conclusion in your article? Is there something, was there a, a big, like, this is what we need to do moment? Or just it. like, hey, where are you? I said, where are you, basically? Where's our Black Road Regiment today? And, and. Uh, I ended with Apostle Paul's statement that, uh, and please pray for me. I'm an ambassador in chains um, to give me the power to preach the gospel boldly, mm. as I've been commanded to do. And we've all been commanded to do that. Everything in the Bible. And I, and I said, the Bible's not a, a bunch of fairy tales. The Bible's a living, we, re, uh, living, breathing word of God that's applicable today. We have to take those examples and say, if Moses can do it, if Elijah could do it, I can do it. If mm. the Black Robe Regiment can do it. We can do it. It's not just. It's not just fairy tales. So I'm gonna end this on on this this common thing I, I I'm always saying, and it's just you got to stop being silent. Uh, yes. We no longer can be known as the silent majority. You can't. You can't. It's it's the reason we're in this before, problem. Before you know it, you're not only not going to be the majority, but you're not going to have an opportunity to speak. Mm. I'm telling you, we will see the day, and I think it's in our lifetimes where. The government will clamp down on the rights enjoyed by churches, and by then it'll be too late because the tax-exempt status, the special mm. status that churches have in order to operate um, will be taken away because they'll think it's easy to do it. Nobody's yeah. defending it. They've already and, started working on that. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see. It'll be too late. And that includes people that are afraid to speak up because they might lose their job. Now, I know, I understand people are saying, I've heard this all the time. Well, I can't say anything because then I'll get fired from my job. Well, at, at some point, <laughs> you're you're going to lose everything. Right. Right? We're going to lose everything. We're going to lose our kids. We're going to lose our schools. We're going to lose um, you know, the ability to work. People are not going back to work right now because they make too much money staying on, home. Uh, on staying home and getting unemployment. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you see this all the time, all these stories of restaurant owners and, 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 and small so business many, saying, I can't hire anybody. And the big companies getting the PPP loans. So they don't mm. want to they don't want to go back to a regular workforce because they've gotten all this money from the government to let people sit at home. Yeah. It's messed up. So we can't uh, we can't do this. People need to go back to work. We need to fill our uh, fill um, fill our worth. Is that a right way of saying that? Yeah. Like uh, sometimes our, our work and what we do for a living. Um, you know, is who we are. And it's a, a great uh, deal of accomplishment comes out of doing a good job and good work. And if we begin to take that away, our children are not going to know anything else. Hey, mom and dad don't have to work. They just get money off of the government. That's how I want to live. Uh, we, we, we've seen this happening currently right now in Argentina. Uh, in um, oh, what's this? I always get the, the, the country wrong. That just switched over. I put an article up on, on, my, um, on my Facebook page. Not Argent, but the Argentina is one of them. Venezuela. It, Venezuela is not. This is this is happening right now. This happened right now, just Absolutely. within our lifetime. Absolutely. Just in the 1990s, they were like the third richest country on this uh, on our continent.
and now it, it's it's uh, it's, right. it's destroyed and in chaos and people are dying uh, and it's just that that should be an example it's like my example just drive from orange county through los angeles into ventura county you'll see it in action right there all right. Anything else that we missed on your article? With I mean, the, the biggest message is we have to stop being silent. I love seeing uh, the parents at these school board meetings just saying we've had enough of this crap. Our kids Absolutely. need to be unmasked and they're screaming. We have in Arizona, you had the uh, group of people that chased off the, the school board members that were in place and they quit on the spot and they voted in a new, new score, school board member right there in the meeting. I mean, you yeah. saw it in your own district with yeah. Leandra. They tried to get rid of the conservative on the board yeah. and people fought back and defended her and demanded the schools open. And look, two, uh, less than a month later, the schools opened. Absolutely. So it's Power time to, to speak the people. up. We got to do this it. This is a republic, folks. Yeah. It's uh, it's now or nothing. We It's going to be nothing pretty soon. Yeah. Get involved. Yeah. And we're in this together. Yes. All right. Anything else? That's all for me. I think we covered it all. I think you so. did a good job getting up here. Thank you. And rescuing me. Uh, you were doing a great job. <laughs> I, just, just I was just laying the foundation. I'm just your Robin G, my Batman. <laughs> Catwoman. I love that. Oh, do you have a Catwoman outfit? No, I can buy one though. Oh, let's get one of those. Uh, oh, sorry. Are we still on? Yeah. <laughs> I think my daughter has some cat ears. So I can put on. Role play. All right. That's what <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> All right. We love you, my friends. We'll take care. Uh, we'll, we'll take care of you. No, that's not what I meant to say. You got me all thrown off. I meant to say, Role take play. care Meow. and we'll see you later. Not we will take care of you. No, no. Meow. This is all I can do is, uh, is uh, my, use my voice. We're going to have a picnic now. So if you want to see our picnic on our bed, <laughs> check out Andy's Facebook page. <laughs> yes. Time to take a stand. Yes. Let's do it. All right, my friends. We love you guys. Have a great night. All right, take care. Bye. Oh, we have sushi? Yes. No, pokey. Oh, poke. Same pokey thing. and sushi is the same thing. All right, goodbye. Fish. Talk to you later. Good night. Speak up. Stop being silent. And that's it. That's it. You just wait for me to push that button, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs>